Hello and welcome to Dopey, the podcast about drugs, addiction, and dumb shit. I'm Dave. I'm Chris. And um, for all of... horrible right now. Huh? You look bad right now. Why do I look bad? You just look faded. I am faded. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, um, this week was a terrible week uh, for me. Uh, My very, 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 very close friend, Todd, who was on Dopey... Four times, probably. No, there's a guy, um, the guy who runs uh, Cormac, guy who runs Reddit, he posted every episode Todd was on. Did you see that? No. It's like eight episodes. He was on eight times? Something like that. Anyway, Todd died um, a week ago, yesterday, so maybe uh, eight days ago he yeah. died. Um, we don't know what happened, but I'm going to guess it was an overdose. And um, I'm very broken up about it. And, you know... You know enough to know it was an overdose. Well, it's... With uh, 95% accuracy. Do you, though? Why? Because you said his best friend said he was itching. His best friend suspected he was... Not that night. No, but a couple days before. Listen, chances are it was an overdose. I don't have toxicology. I don't have proof. I don't have... Yeah. But chances are it was an overdose. And, um... You know, the, one of the first thoughts I had was, you know, I, I, I've i been friends with Todd since 1992. We lived all over the country together. He was so infectious. Like, he, he just, I wanted to be around him. Like, my friends were like, this guy is an idiot, you know? Mm. My friends were just like, even I was like that. When I first met Todd... I was I was living I was he was, we were all in the dorms yeah. and Todd this is Ithaca yeah this was 1992 we were freshmen in college and I was hanging out with this guy named Zev we were in a band together and Zev had made friends with Todd's roommate and Todd's roommate was this really strange kind of effeminate guy named Ari and Ari had this nice car and when the way Ari is the guy who ratted him out. No. For the LSD? No, no. Okay. no. This is his freshman oh, okay. roommate. And when Ari wanted to make a friend, he would be like, hey, you want to borrow my car? You know? Yeah. So right. Zev was like, there's this idiot who's going to lend me his car. Yeah. And I was like, cool. So we went up there and uh, we go to get the car and Todd is in the room. And Todd was like classic upstate New York college kid. He had like a dirty white hat. Like said Cortland on it or something. Yeah. And he wore faded jeans. You know, they all wore these hats with schools on it. And an <coughs> okay. upstate school was Cortland. Wait, he wasn't hippied out yet? No. Oh, okay. He was very, very not hippied out. He was pre-hippied out. He was like Pearl Jam fan mixed with dirty white hat. Okay. Like You're 10 years younger than me. Did they have dirty white hats in school? Like those baseball hats? People would wear hats where they were ripped in the front. Yeah, the dirty yeah. white hats. Yeah. And then yeah. Abercrombie actually made a hat that was, like, pre-ripped after a while because it was so popular. We called them dir- the dirty white hat people. Okay. You know, and, and every, like, nine out of ten, you know, freshmen at Ithaca were dirty white hats. Yeah. You know, then the dirty white hats, it's like a, a, a chrysalis stage for them where they're yeah. going to become jocks or fraternity guys or hippies yeah. or or gothic kids or whatever. But the, the, the dirty – Todd was in his dirty white hat okay, chrysalis. So you, go, so you go freshman year to the this guy's room to borrow his car and Todd's sitting there. Yeah. That's and the Todd, first time you met Todd. Yeah. yeah. 
And Todd was when just... your opinion was Dirty White Hat? Yeah, but I was, I'm, I've always been a very judgmental jerk yeah. you know, to this day. Yeah. And um, what's that? It's just text message. Can you, can you mute Daniel? that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, is this going to distract you? No, no, no. Okay, because it's distracting me and I can't even <laughs> see it. Um, and I just, my impression of Todd was like, I didn't like him. Yeah. You know, I didn't have... Oh, man. <laughs> Dave's chastising me for getting text messages on my laptop, which I didn't even know, and now he's sitting here telling a story and texting at the same time. Fuck, that was um, Guns N' Roses guy canceled for next episode. Oh. Um, well, we'll get to that. Yeah. Anyway, so I didn't have a good impression of Todd. I thought he was, he was, he was you know, he was kind of, he wasn't interested in us. And we weren't interested in him, and it was nothing. Yeah. And then, um, and then he was kind of resentful of his roommate for whatever reason for lending Zev the car. He was like, "Why would you lend Zev the car?" You know, but yeah. he was like, kind of a jerk. And then I never really saw Todd again. Yeah. And then I had a band, yeah. and uh, it was a thirteen-piece soul band. I was in. What? It was we we were There was 13 members? Yeah. That's it was insane. a full horn section, three backup singers. It was a big band. Mm-hmm. And it was good, we were good. We knew like 50 songs. Yeah. And we would play at least once a month in Ithaca. Yeah. And we were like good. Yeah. Like we like were tight. We were what like did you do. I played harmonica and sang. Oh, really? Yeah. And uh and I'm a good harmonica player, you know. <clears throat> You're a good singer. Well, I'm a better harmonica player. Yeah. But um we would sell out these clubs in Ithaca. And we had these three backup singers, and Todd was in love with one of the backup singers, this girl named Adele, and she yeah. was very, very beautiful. Yeah. And um, and Todd started coming to the shows. And then after a show, I remember we were in College Town by Cornell in Ithaca, yeah. and after the show, Todd was talking to the lead singer in our band, Ryan, the guy, the conspiracy theorist oh, okay. guy. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and, and, Ryan, and Ryan loved the attention and Todd was like a fan, yeah. you know? And I was like, Oh, it's the kid from the car guy. And he was like, Oh yeah. You know, he remembered, you know, me through that. And that was like it. And then I start. then me and Zev started smoking weed every day. Yeah. And then I guess somehow it became known that I smoked weed and that Todd smoked weed. And then somehow we started smoking weed together. And then Todd was like, you want to go in on an ounce with me? And I was like, okay. And then me and Ryan would go to Todd's house. And I remember like he would have all this bud and he would have a Frisbee and he would break up the ounce into eighths on his Frisbee and he'd give us four eighths and he would keep four eighths. Who, Todd? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, (laughs) and we would smoke pot and we would sell pot. And Todd was like, he fancied himself as this big time pot dealer in Ithaca. And then we started like tripping out together and, uh, and then Todd became just in our circle and Todd had been in like, in the, like the real hippie circle in Ithaca. Yeah. And the real hippie circle kind of didn't like Todd because Todd was like kind of clownish. Yeah. And he's high energy. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, he's like, he's tried way too hard for real hippies to like him. He's like, he was like a stoner. I can see even how he could have been a hippie. But he's too talkative for them. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's, right, and he's, he's too interested. He can't chill. Like he's well, he's he, very chill. Yeah, he's, he's very chill, but he's also not. He has to keep moving and doing things. Right, constantly. right. He's yeah. yeah, he's like neurotic like yeah. that. Um, but 
then I think he saw that he fit in better with our little outcast group than the cool hippie group that he was in and probably reluctantly became part of our little outcast group because the cool hippie group had like hot girls and stuff and like we didn't. Yeah. (laughs) We we really didn't. Okay, so this is what, freshman, sophomore year? Yeah. When did you guys both, you guys both had to leave Ithaca for separate reasons. Yeah. When did that happen? Sophomore sophomore year. year. But we, we like full on started smoking weed to the point where like we had a system in our dorm room where you you would pack the would be the system yeah because me, me and ryan lived in this other dorm yeah and we would always get in trouble um because we always think of weed yeah so we came up with the system yeah and the system was where you packed a, a small to medium bong hit yeah and you burn it and you suck the whole thing through yeah so there's no smoke in the room it all goes right all in your lungs all in your lungs yeah and then you hold it in yeah until it's gone you ghost it we it's kind of hard to ghost a bond no we we did it and then we had another system what you would do is as good as that is you you take it all in your lungs and then you stick your head out of your window and you breathe in and out really little 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 bit do you know what i mean like almost like hyperventilating and you'll never exhale smoke do you understand what i'm saying right it's like a way to ghost it with right. like and still breathe a little bit and we would just retain <laughs> the sm- our sm- our lungs would absorb the smoke or this is in like the dorms yeah we would put tape we would tape the door and then put a wet towel we did all that stuff we'd oh, get okay. caught with that so we had this it, was the new technique they were pretty lax they let you like if you got caught a couple times uh, in my undergrad you were in trouble we were in trouble. Yeah. We got in trouble all the time. Yeah. But what we got we got out of trouble and then yeah. we, we instituted the system. And I was so I remember Todd was so impressed with this that I was so insane about the system. Like there was this hot girl who liked me and yeah. like I I like didn't have girls back yeah. then at all. Yeah. And uh and she like fucked up the system and I was like, You gotta go. Yeah. You know, I kicked, <laughs> her, kicked I, her out. Yeah, I kicked her so out. He liked you yeah. after that. He loved that. Yeah. You know, but you know, t- and, and and Todd always loved um, he always loved the Grateful Dead, yeah. and he always loved fish, but then he always loved like white zombie, and he loved like eighties like, metal shit. Yeah, okay. he loved it, you yeah. know. And and I would always be like, I'd make fun of him, and you know, it was just it was this whole clash of cultures, and and I was very controlling. Yeah. That's what I am. I am. I'm a very yeah. controlling person. Um, but we all changed. Okay, so. You get kicked out. You both get kicked. Todd, we told the story, Dopey Nation. He got busted with a bunch of LSD, and his parents had to pay 20 or 30 grand in legal fees, and he got kicked out of Ithaca. You got busted for weed or something? Yeah. And you left. Same year? I, I, I got busted. Did you busted. make it longer? No. He, he, you got kicked out before him. I didn't get kicked out. What he happened to me was before. I got during finals week, I got busted with an uh, a quarter of bud yeah. and I had already applied to transfer yeah. and I had gotten accepted to Why transfer because I didn't, I didn't like Ithaca yeah. and the, and we, we applied to transfer to purchase and it was like Who's we? me and Zev. Oh, okay. And because me and Zev, like our families, like I, I went to Ithaca to study television yeah. and within, I don't know, a semester, I didn't want to study television at Ithaca. I yeah. started studying art history. Yeah. And I was like, my parents were paying a fortune of money. Oh, the yeah, art history. Ithaca is crazy expensive. Yeah. And the art history department sucked. Yeah. And I was like, I really shouldn't be here. Okay. So you and Zed. Not to mention, I didn't fit in. I didn't yeah. have sex ever. It was okay, like so terrible. You, okay, so you and Zev transfer. I want, we get busted. I want, I want to keep on. I want to do a whole evolution of the Todd timeline. Yeah, you rushed me through. through York, you're doing, you're doing a really LA. nice job. Yeah, yeah. I want to keep you 
on, on target. Okay. So, okay. So Todd leaves with his thing. You leave, right? When do you reunite with Todd? Because you're in two different schools now, right? It took me a, a long time to, to reunite with so Todd. So when did you reunite? We, we would see each other here and there. Like, he wound up going to Europe uh, to follow fish on tour in Europe. He went to to Colorado to bomb for a semester. Yeah. And then he wound up at Oswego uh, with the fr- his friends from high school. Yeah. And also was at, at Oswego was Linda, like my future wife. Oh, yeah. I forgot about this connection. So Todd introduced you to Linda. Yeah. Todd. Indru- Todd I wouldn't have my family if it wasn't for Todd. Oh, wow. I totally forgot about that. It's amazing, right? I knew that, but I forgot. Yeah. Okay. Then Todd, you know, did his thing in, in Oswego. So wait, you, but wait, when you met... When he met Linda, he was in his early 20s? He was a junior in college. When did you meet Linda? 23. Okay. All right. He met Linda like maybe three years before I did. Okay. And they lived in the same house together. Okay. Um, they were very, very close friends. They were they were all hippies. Like, have you seen any of these pictures? No. They're, I've seen his picture. His with the beard and everything. And there's, Linda's in a ton of those pictures. Yeah. Um, and they were all hippies. And I went to purchase, and Todd would visit every once in a while. And then in the summers, he would, like, come see me in the city. And we would, like... I remember one time Todd came um, to Manhattan, and me and him went to go see the Grateful Dead in New Jersey at Giant Stadium. And uh, and we tripped acid out there. And uh, and then we came back here yeah. to my parents' house. And my mother was still alive. and my And we were, like, in... We're tripping out in my bedroom and, like, talking and, like, laughing and just bugging out. Here. Yeah. Yeah. And my mom just went berserk, screaming. Because you were being loud. Yeah. At me and Todd. Yeah. Like, yelling at both of us. To be quiet. Yeah. And then then I remember when we went home, Todd was like, I can't believe your mom yelled at me, though. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And that was just what my mom was like. Yeah. You know, she would yell at, at everybody. Yeah. Um... And then, you know, this is kind of a boring story, I guess. No, but keep going. So you lived in New York in the Lower East Side with him, right? No. Then uh, I would, he, would, he would come to the city and visit me wherever I was living because I would always have bud connections, like great bud okay, connections. Fast forward to when you lived with him. When did that happen? Then I was with this girl and she cheated on me and I was heartbroken and I wound up finally, I, I got this cheap apartment down the street from here. Yeah. And, and I called Todd and I was like, I was like, yeah, I'm lonely and and I'm depressed. And he was like, well, why don't I come live with you? And I said, where's he? Is he, he was in, he was in Clifton Park. Okay. (laughs) And I said, okay. I said, come live with me. I said, I'll pay the rent. The rent was 300 bucks. I said, I'll pay the rent and you have to, you have to pay for the drugs. Yeah. And he was like, okay. Yeah. And then, um, he came down and we just smoked weed. He moved in? Yeah, he moved in. How long did he, that last? Two years, <laughs> he lived in a studio apartment with me for two years. It was a studio apartment, and wait, he would wait, tell. Did you have two beds? Like, well, he would tell his parents he was because I had a big kitchen. He would yeah. tell his parents he was living under the dining room table, but he didn't. Why did he tell his parents? Because that? it was like a separate room, yeah. and it seemed like we weren't like sleeping together. Wait, wait, wait. He would say he was living under the dining. Yeah, room. Yeah, we always Why thought that was that funny. <laughs> we always thought that was funny. He was like okay. the troll that lived under the table. Okay. 
And um, did you guys share a bed? No, oh. no, no. Uh, I had a bed, and Todd, I, I had gotten a mattress, and Todd just slept on the mattress. Okay, you know, but it was like for two years. Yeah, it was very close quarters, <laughs> and I kept the mattress like down the hall, and like were at you night. Working at the place you work at now? No. Where, what were you doing? Uh, I was. I, I think I was a private eye. Oh, that was that. that. And then was Todd waitering? No. Was he working at all? No. What was he doing? I was How a private eye. Todd wasn't doing anything. And yeah. then Todd started delivering weed. Okay. And I started working in TV production. Okay. And, um, and Todd started delivering weed. And Todd loved Coke. Yeah. And when he started delivering weed, he started meeting doormen who had connections to Coke. Yeah. And Todd would always come home and be like, let's do Coke, let's do Coke. Yeah. And I was like, and I would do it with him a lot. In yeah. fact, like me and this other guy, we had decided we were going to write a script together. Yeah. So the other guy, would, I would say, every Wednesday, you come over and we'll work on this script. And Todd would be like, yeah, yeah, I'll help too. Yeah. And, and, and me and this guy, his name was Dave Kennedy, would come over and we would uh, we'd sniff Coke. Yeah. Every Wednesday, we'd have to get Coke because yeah. we were working on the script. Yeah. You know, and um, we would sniff Coke and we would write. And Todd would, like, not pay attention and pretend he was writing with us. And, yeah. You know, and, um, and we just, like, did drugs. You know, we smoked a ton of pot and we did a ton of Coke. And, uh, and I didn't like the Coke, but Todd was all about it. Okay. You know, and he felt like he was, like, the man. He was, like, cycling around the city and... Fucking selling bud and oh no, he wasn't selling bud at that point. He was working at Hale and Hardy Soup uh, at their first location, and he was soup factory. Yeah, he was like selling soup, and he would come home with soup. He'd be like, "Yo, the soup is dank." (laughs) He'd be like, "This is that dank soup." Yeah, and Todd was the funniest. Okay, so then how do you guys end up in L.A. together? Oh, then uh, I found a connection to a drug delivery service called Indulge. Yeah. And they give you a black card with a white outline of a guy with a top hat, and it said in white letters, Indulge. Yeah. And um, this is in New York. Yeah, when we were there. And we would order Coke from it. And uh, and they had everything. They had Coke. They had ecstasy. They had GHB. They had heroin. They had pills. Did you have to tell them, or did they show up with everything? They show up with everything in a case. Yeah. They showed up with everything. Does in the that case. even exist still? You think that one does? But I mean, do you think they still have a delivery service where the dude shows up with a bag full of every drug? Yeah, definitely. You think so? Definitely high end concierge. They don't have that shit stuff. in Boston. I bet you they do. You just they weren't don't have it at, like commercialized like that with cards and shit. Oh yeah, I, I, I could. Dude, you know Boston, how- you can't even like it's so like it's like if you want to get pills, you go here. If you want to get dope, you go here. If you want to get coke, you go here. It is you know what I mean. No, like, but that's like all- real addict stuff. Yeah. This is like rich kid. I know stuff. it's like high end. This shit. is like bullshit. Where you're paying a two hundred percent markup to get it delivered. Who even knows? Yeah, you know what I mean. I was I was twenty one. Yeah. I wasn't a drug addict. Yeah. You know what I mean? This was fun. Yeah, it was exciting. Yeah, it was dangerous. We were cool because yeah. we had it. And then I got hired by that college cable network and i was working for them and i was working on a college cable talk show yeah. and they were sending me around the country to interview uh people. to interview people yeah. and to get people on the talk show yeah and i remember i went to east lansing michigan to set up this talk show 
and I and I left Todd at home, and I, I didn't think anything <laughs> about left, it. It's like he's a fucking pet or something. Like I left Todd there on his mattress under yeah. the kitchen table. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> um, dang soup. And then um, I came home, and I'm sure I'm missing a million yeah, things. Whatever. It's I came years home. Ago. Came home, and I, I remember I opened the door, and there's like. 10 people from my college sitting around. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck is this? And Todd was like, well, this dude came over and he wanted to see if we could score him coke. So I, I called up Indulge and, and then he called his friend and there are like all these kids from the school I went to. From, uh, from Birch's. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And Todd didn't even know him. I was like, this is yeah. so weird. Yeah. And then, and, and also you should know that the guy who worked for Indulge was like 16 years old. He was like this he was six, he was like a high school kid, black kid. Was that intentional? So he was... He like couldn't it. get busted. He looked innocent. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. But um, he was a 16-year-old kid named Kevin. And, I've heard uh, that. I've heard of people running drugs who were like 12 and 13. But he's 16. He was like this black kid. I think he was kind of preppy, whatever. Yeah. So he comes over. He And I had just come home. I had like suitcases and stuff. And, yeah. I, and I come home. And uh, and Kevin is and I've told this story on Adobe before. Yeah. And Kevin is, is selling all this coke to all these people. And I said to Kevin... And I thought I was this big, smart guy. And oh, I said, you have to leave some of it there. No, no, no. I something. said, I said, you're making all of this money in my apartment. Well, what are you going to give me for it? Yeah. And he said, are you straight face? He said that. Yeah. <laughs> so not you, but okay. Why not? I just doesn't. I mean, I guess the other. Time I don't know if I said that. <laughs> I might have said, can you hook me up because okay. I'm hooking yeah, you up? Right, you okay. know, I'm sure I said something like yeah, that. Yeah. But basically, I said, yeah. you're making all this money in my apartment. Yeah. So what are you willing to give me for it? Yeah. And he said, well. I don't even know if I said I wanted it because I had done heroin yeah. before once and I didn't yeah. enjoy it. But he gave us two bags of heroin. Yeah. And, and I remember he like threw them down on the coffee table and I swear in my memory I could see them falling in slow motion. Stop it. That was the beginning of the, of the end really? Yeah. Did you do one and Todd did one? I think we just split both. I think we, we, we emptied one out and we split it. Oh, okay. We emptied the other out and we split it. Okay. And it was a Sunday night and everybody left. That's insane. So you had already done dope. It's funny because I have a similar trajectory where I did dope years before I did dope. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but so this was really what you would recount as the beginning of your addiction. Well, of I mean. the serious part of your addiction. Definitely. And it was with Todd. 100%. Split with Todd. 100%. Okay. So... I um, I mean, listen. I when 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 I told you that Todd had died, how did I sound? You you texted me first, and then I talked to you on the phone, and you were upset. And then I talked again an hour later or something. I don't know if it was the first time, I heard, but you were crying and you were kind of hysterical at one point. I was hysterical. Yeah, I, was I never his- heard you like that. I remember I told Annie like I never heard Dave like that before. I, I I hadn't cried since my mother died. Well, you said when you first found out, you got angry. Yeah, right. It was and like then, an, it was just another Todd was, story. Oh yeah, it was, and you, you don't because I, I feel like that's we have this sort of built. I, we talked about this in the car. The, the, the five stages of grief: the denial, anger, bargaining, depression, acceptance. But we have this built-in sort of mechanism, human beings in general, that just when we get like a, a really heavy blow, like sometimes you just. It, your immediate reaction is anger instead of like having it sink in. Do you know what I mean? It's, Where it's like Todd isn't dead. It's like you said, it's just another Todd ne- story. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, so anyways, you were really upset, but this is let's. let's I want to continue the story. The, the point is now. like to lose him. You know, it, it's like 
he's like my brother. He's yeah. like family. I love him. That's why I was like, I felt bad because I mean, I only knew him from the show, and then from the two months he lived at Dylan's house, and I, I didn't know him that well. You know what I mean? But like, I could tell what a great guy he was. You know, I really liked him. He immediately was very well liked in that community, and not everybody is received that way. And the interesting thing about Todd was that like a lot of times people go to the sober livings and stuff and it's like you need to kind of like light a fire under their ass to have them do something and that's what I meant when I said he wasn't he was chill but he was not chill because that wasn't an issue with Todd it wasn't like you need to like go play tennis and go hiking and do the he was like bro can we go hiking like can we go to the movies like he was like all about doing social things which a lot of times a huge therapeutic process for addicts is like having them spend time in community-oriented activities. And he was all about that. But you have to understand, he spent, and I'm not even stretching this, 10 years basically alone in his parents' apartment, alone, with, with not anything to do. He would walk from the Upper East Side to the Brooklyn Bridge and back because he had nothing to do. And this is for years what time. Do you mean, what do you? What, he what would do you go mean? to Starbucks. He was working, right? Here and there, he would go to Starbucks for the free Wi-Fi, and he would watch movies on his phone because time meant nothing to him. Yeah, he actually told me when he was living at Dylan's house. I asked him about. So I guess so. Todd, guys, he. I guess the apartment that Dave is referencing. I haven't seen it, but Todd was explaining it to me. He said it was basically like you couldn't even really have a woman over. He's like, because if you had to take a shit or something, like the shitter was so close to the bed and it was a fold-out bed. He said it was basically like a bedroom of a studio. Like it was really small. It was tiny. And, he and there's no, no windows. And he said he had no Wi-Fi, right? And so I'm like, well, what did you do? And he's, I guess he made like – he did, remember when Netflix used to send you the things? Yeah. He just always had like three or four things going constantly, always returned them, and he just burned them. So yeah. he's like, I just made like 2,000 DVDs, and I would just watch DVDs all day for years and years and years. I forgot about that. I was like, what did you do in New York? He's like, I just watched DVDs, you know. He would watch DVDs for years and years and years. Yeah. And like, That's so, But he wasn't bizarre. He wasn't someone who seemed like socially stunted as a result of doing You're that. wrong. It changed him. He wasn't like that before. What do you mean he like, wasn't like that? Living what is like that. He just between the drugs yeah. and the DVDs yeah. and the time and the room and he his world became incredibly small. Well, you know what's fucked up is there's this sick little part of me which is like it's, I need to pay attention to is that there's this little piece of me, this avoidant piece that's like hmm, an apartment thousands of movies dope for 10 years like that sounds kind of good you, you know wouldn't I, I know but it's I not know, but no I but that's know. the other thing like, i know there but, were so many things about todd that were not like that no, don't make sense i'm just saying not about todd i'm just saying as an addict there's this appeal where you're like oh just drugs and movies and then no a, but a check it out already paid for of course yeah but that's not how todd did it yeah todd didn't do dope like you did dope or like i did dope like Todd was so Todd. Yeah. He had this mechanism of self-preservation, which was... The system? No, it was just denial. 
His denial was so insane. His denial was incredibly deep. It, but it was so intense. I want to. I want to. Can I just read a text message from him real Please. quickly? So when Todd died, I went through our text messages, which is kind of weird. Um, but he was. Can like, I say something? What? I think there's probably forty people the same day going through their Doing text the messages with Todd. Thing. Yeah, it's not weird. It was Linda. Linda told me that, and then I was like, oh, I guess I could do that too. And I'm yeah. sure you did it. And I'm sure all of his friends did it. So he was that denial you're talking about. After he'd been at, um, in the sober living out where I work for like two or three weeks, you know, and I'm only there, I'm a tiny, tiny bit, I'm only there like four days a month. He um, was, people like, I think the manager started to realize he had that denial. They were kind of picking up on it, you know what I mean? Because he was so um, enthusiastic about everything, but then it came to certain things and there was just no, there was a, a hard veneer you couldn't crack through. And so I texted him, this is April 10th, and I said, and I never talked to Todd this way. We just like hung out and did shit. I didn't talk like serious with him much. And so this was the closest thing I really did to him um, along those lines is I wrote him. I said, probably one of the most important things you could do out there is look at your relationship to weed. Not just because it might lead you back to dope, which it does for most people, but because the act of letting go of the idea of it will help the process of recovery in general. I don't mean to preach, and I know I probably sound like an ass saying that, but I had to give my two cents. And he responds, I appreciate it. Chill. And that's what I, there, there's no, you know what I mean? He kind of shuts down. Is he know? telling you to chill? No, he's saying like, like, hey, bro, chill. He's not saying, t- it wasn't like a command, like chill out. It was like, that's chill you said that. I don't think so. No, it was, because he said that to me. I have other, he, he was, that's what, that's what it was, trust me. That's so weird. Such a weird way to communicate. Yeah. Let's call his friend. Let's interrupt oh, no, 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 no. We need to get to L.A. We have to – I want to finish the timeline up until his death. We're doing this thing. We need five minutes to wrap it up. Oh, it's a lot longer than I that. I know, but we have to do this. Where, where you, you were literally we? got halfway through. You were – you did your first – split your first bag of dope with Indulge in New York, in New York City. Then – How do you get to L.A.? Take me to L.A. With okay. Todd. Well, then, then Todd started delivering weed. Um – I started doing well in television production. Uh, we we both started doing dope, and I remember there was this like weird guy from Long Island that, and that's when we met Linda too. Yeah. Linda Linda came down with this other woman, and we like had a night together, and then um, Todd, me and Todd just started doing it, and I that was like the, the one time in all of my drug addiction that I knew that this was going to be a problem. Yeah, and I said Todd. We're going to get addicted yeah. to this thing. You're doing it like a couple times a week? Yeah. Okay. I said, and we're and sniffing, sniffing it. Okay. I said, we're going to get... Todd never shut dope. Yeah, I know. I said, I said we're never, we're never going to... I said, we're going we're gonna to get addicted to this thing and it's going to be a problem. Mm-hmm. And then he would, he would do his weed delivery and then he would start saying that his knees hurt or his back hurts and he was going to get dope because he wanted to feel better. And, I would, and then he would have these friends... These idiots from Long Island. And I think in the end, one of them, like, killed the other one. Like, it was some crazy story. Yeah. But um, I would always say the same thing to Todd. and Because I, I go to bed early. Yeah. And it would be, like, 11 o'clock at night. And I would say, Todd, I'm going to pretend I'm asleep. Tell them to leave. And then I'll wake up and do the dope with you. And I would get into my bed. And I would pretend I was asleep. Yeah. And then I would fall asleep. Yeah. <laughs> and I would wake up in the morning and I'd be like, what happened? And he, and like, he would have done the dope and yeah. that, you know, so I barely was doing it. Yeah. But then 
I think as I was making more money, I was like, I can do more dope. And we, we developed, get, we wound up getting a habit. Me, him, and... When did you start shooting up? Not for years. Okay. Me, him, and Jeremy, another, my, yeah, the guy... Yeah, on here. Yeah. yeah. Um, wound up with a little bit of a habit. Okay. So let's, I just, in the interest of time... That's right. We're going to LA. Okay. Right. Um, and when Todd, Jeremy, and I had a habit, Jeremy... Who was an actor? He had a master's degree in drama from Yale. Yeah, was like, I want to go to Los Angeles and, and try to get into movies and stuff. And Todd was like, I'm going to go with you. So the two of them packed up the car and drove out to Los Angeles. Yeah, and I just stayed here. Yeah, and I wound <laughs> up like getting this. I wound up getting this amazing job, making yeah. all this I, money, I, yeah. and getting this ridiculous dope habit. Yeah, Todd and Jeremy. I think Todd lived with Jeremy for a while, uh, didn't do drugs, and then he met this woman named Johanna and moved up to San Francisco with her, and then his parents, I think, bought him a Jeep Cherokee, and he became an investigator in San Francisco. Why are you guys all getting becoming investigators? Because he knew I had done it. <laughs> yeah. He knew I had done it and he yeah. thought it was cool. Yeah. And his parents bought him a, a Jeep Cherokee with tinted out windows. Yeah. And he started like doing insurance investigations. Okay. And like, and he started doing a lot of coke with Joanna. Yeah. And then, uh, and then our buddy Dave Kennedy moved out with them. Yeah. And they all started doing dope. So in he, San in, is he in San Francisco? Yeah. Okay. And, and when do you go to LA? Not for years. Why did you go to LA? I went to L.A. because... So Todd was out there for years before you went out there. Okay. When did you go? And, I, hadn't, and I didn't see him. Okay. I didn't see Todd for years. Okay. So then when did you move to L.A. and why? I moved to L.A. because I had such a bad habit in New York and I was shooting yeah. that my parents said, you got to go to rehab. And I went to Renaissance. Is Todd... Oh, yeah. Okay. Is Todd doing dope, sorry, in San Francisco at that point? He was, yeah. But then something went wrong, yeah. And he moved back to LA, yeah. And he stopped doing dope, okay. Okay, and um, and I didn't know what he was doing, yeah. And I and my parents were like, "You got to go to rehab." So you went to Renaissance. So they I gave went up your apartment. They gave up my yeah. apartment, and I didn't know what to do. And I said, "I'll go move with Todd and Jeremy in Los Angeles." <laughs> right. And and I wrote him, and I wrote Jeremy. I said, "Is you Todd wrote him like emails, like post?" Okay. Yeah, I was like, I was like, Jeremy. Is Todd doing dope? And he was like, no, we're just smoking pot. It's going to be fine. Yeah. Don't worry about it, whatever. And I leave the sober living in Delray. Yeah. And I land in Los Angeles. And Jeremy picked me up at, uh, I want to say, Long Beach Airport, which yeah. is like, it looks like the 50s. And yeah, it's yeah. like palm I've trees. There, you yeah, know yeah. what I'm talking about. Yeah. And it's like, I was like, okay, this is interesting. Yeah. And, and we went to their house. And their house was spectacular. They had a nice place? Spectacular. Really? It was like a craftsman house. It was yeah. all wood. Huge vaulted ceilings with beams yeah. everywhere. How were uh, they affording it? It was cheap. Yeah. It was in North Hollywood. Okay. It was three bedrooms. Okay. It was Jeremy, his little brother, and his little brother was moving out, yeah. and Todd. And I got his little brother's room. Okay. Todd had this room. Uh, he had the master suite. Yeah. His own bathroom, walk-in closet that he turned into a grow room. Yeah. He had a lock on the door. Nobody had locks on the doors, but Todd did. He painted the whole room black, including the floor. Yeah. He put in an air conditioner. He had a pit bull. He had and, a pit bull? Yeah. Maggie. Yeah. And, um, and, he, and he, like, sold weed, and he pretended to have jobs. Yeah. And, uh, and when I got there, uh, he wasn't there. 
he was you... he was in, in San Francisco because he was friends with a bunch of weed growers up north, okay. and he would get a bunch of bud and come down and sell it. Yeah, and um, and everything. I was like, okay, everything's going to be fine. Yeah. And then Todd comes back from San Francisco, yeah. but he's addicted to, to crystal, to meth. Yeah. You know, and he nobody mentioned that to How me. How long was he in San Francisco? Just like a week getting butt. Okay. Right. But it turned out Jeremy didn't know. He was addicted to crystal. That Todd was on crystal meth. Okay. Meth. Yeah. You say meth or crystal? Whatever, shards. Yeah, he was on that. <laughs> and, um, and he was that crazy. That's shit. He, or, it's, or dope yeah. in California, it's dope. I remember he had this little fucking meth friend named Diggy, yeah. and Diggy was like pale and just the, the. It's like you know how like a vampire has a familiar who's like, ah, yes, meth. Yeah. Diggy was like that for meth. <laughs> like, he's like, yeah, I can get a few teens. Yeah, I think I can pull that off. Yeah, yeah. and Todd be like Diggy. Yeah. And then I remember, I remember. So I was like, I just knew the second I put the meth pipe to my mouth. I would need dope. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was that. That was my logic in my yeah, head. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and I started smoking meth with them. And um, when is this? When, when did the Hey Arnold thing happen? Was that Todd that he would listen to? No, it wasn't Hey. Arnold. No, he the DVD he, on repeat. What was? Is that this this time? Yes, it was. You like, told that story in the very beginning of Dopey. It was like this. It was like you had. You, t- t- you told the story about Todd and his apartment with DVDs. Yeah. In California, he would buy collections of DVDs. Yeah. And the, it was before he had gotten his parents to buy him this insane computer where he was supposed to learn how to edit video. Yeah. But instead, all he did was burn himself DVDs. <laughs> um, but he would sit in that room. And he would watch the entire series of what's happening. Oh, what's happening, yeah. Over and over. And by the time he would go to bed, the menu screen would be stuck on the screen. Yeah, and he would just play that on repeat? It would No, the menu would just be sitting on, and the menu screen, it would go... So, like, you don't know if he's alive or dead, but you hear that shit coming out. Anyway, I had taken Diggy, and I had pulled him aside, and I was like, Diggy... I need you to get me some fucking dope. Yeah. Like, this is not working out for me. Yeah. And Diggy, like, and I was working on something. I goes, I had a job. Yeah. And Diggy comes home, and, and Todd's in the house. And uh, Diggy's like, is Dave around? And Todd's like, why? Yeah. And, and Diggy's like, I don't, I don't want to tell, tell you why. And he's like, he's like, Dave asked you to get him dope, didn't he? And, and Diggy's like, yeah. And Todd's like, well, just give it to me. Yeah. And, uh, and Todd took my dope yeah. and did it. Yeah. And, uh, oh, and he told you he was doing it for you. Or yeah, something like and that. I come home and he's like, "I'm protecting you, bro." Yeah. And I was like, I was so angry. Yeah, you know. And then, and then I was working, and 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 I was, you know, smoking. I, I couldn't get addicted to crystal, but yeah. I, but I tried. Yeah, you know, I, I, no, I, you would just not do it. Yeah, it's I just, boost. I was just like, uh, huh? <laughs> it's like booze yeah, for you. I just couldn't do it. Yeah, and um, but I had money and I had a car. And I wasn't addicted to anything, and I was working on a movie in downtown Los Angeles, and I and I missed, you know, heroin was peaceful for me, even though it ruined my life. Yeah. I loved the way it made me feel. Yeah. You know, and I was working on this movie, and, and like we've always talked about in downtown Los Angeles, if you can't find dope, you know, there's something wrong with you. Yeah. You know, and I just see this homeless guy. And I didn't know it was an open-air drug market. Yeah. I didn't know anything. Yeah. And I see this homeless guy, and he goes, can I have a cigarette? 
And I said, I'll give you two if you can tell me where I can get some fucking dope. Yeah. And uh, and I, and he goes okay, and I give him the two cigarettes. He's like he's like Peter. So so then you start doing dope, and, and then does Todd start doing it again with you out there or no? Oh yeah, yeah. And so then he gets into it again. How long do you guys live together? We I lived in that room um, for about a year mm-hmm. until I lost my job. Yeah. And uh, I and I didn't have any money, so I moved into the garage, yeah. and um, and we turned the garage into this room where me and Todd would jam. Yeah. And I put a mattress on the ground, but it was like a hundred degrees there. Yeah. But every dollar I had, I spent on dope. Yeah. And um, and this other guy moved into the house, and I would like slink into the bathroom to shoot the dope, yeah. and I would bleed all over the, their bathroom, <laughs> and I wouldn't clean it up. <laughs> and and Jeremy and this guy Phil would be like, "We're gonna kick Dave out," and Todd would be like, "Why?" And he'd be like, "Cause he's shooting dope and bleeding all over the bathroom." Yeah. And I would be like, and Todd would be like, "Yeah, he kind of does that in my bathroom yeah. too." <laughs> and I was like, I was like, "Dude, these guys are such pussies. Why don't they just tell me?" I was like, "What kind? Of, why would they clean up my blood? Yeah. It's disgusting." Yeah, I was like, "Why don't they just tell me?" Yeah, don't stop. You yeah. know. And then, then they were like, "We have to kick him out." And um, and this was like a moment yeah. that I could have gotten better. Yeah, like this was a turning point in my life. Yeah, I'm, I'm living in the garage in Los Angeles, no air conditioning, and it's hot. Yeah, high five. You know, yeah. and I I was shooting all this tar. Yeah, and smoking meth and shooting doing shooting goofballs. Yeah, and like, and uh, and I didn't know what the hell I was gonna do. Yeah, and Jenny, my who I was uh, yeah. dating said i was like can you come and move and 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 move here and we'll get a place and blah blah blah. and she was like yes and uh so she like rescued me she came to los angeles she was like she was like go find a place and you became a house plant yeah she said go find a place years did you live with danny out there six (laughs) six or seven on methadone took pictures right yeah well i i would want i i was on heroin and methadone and and weed. I worked in like in uh, I worked in a bunch of uh, what are the d- uh, dispensaries? Yeah, doing security in the dispensary. Yeah, and um, and I would just wander the neighborhood like wearing a bath. I was like a character in a movie. I was like wandering the neighborhood in a bathrobe, yeah. taking out of. Uh, focus pictures of flowers and like when I found 50 cents I would be like I'm going to get an ice cream sandwich <laughs> and I would walk down this hill to like the candy store and I'd yeah. be like one ice cream sandwich please <laughs> and then I'd go home and I would be doing my thing and I'd be like 50 cents I'm going to get an ice cream sandwich or sometimes I'd go there with like three bucks and I'd be like give me six ice cream Dude, sandwiches for six years yeah what it, where was Todd then? Todd, was he in L.A. still? Yeah. He, when did he go back to New York? Not for a while. Yeah. He was living terrible in uh, in North Cal- in Northern, North Hollywood, and I was living in Echo Park. With Jeremy still? Yeah, with yeah. Jeremy and Phil. And um, he was living bad. Yeah. And yeah. I was living bad. But he, Were you seeing him at all during this period or no? We would have like, yeah, because Todd and Jenny were really close too. Yeah. And uh, and we'd all get together, but Todd was like insane because yeah. of the meth. He would yeah. be insane. He did he did insane stuff. Like he had this really nice Jeep Cherokee. Yeah, 
But he wanted a tricked out Hyundai. Yeah. So he like traded in the Jeep Cherokee and then he borrowed twenty like a rice 000- burner. Like yeah. One of those? yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he borrowed twenty thousand dollars for the tricked out Hyundai. <laughs> And, like, when we were living at Jeremy's, that was the story where Jeremy's parents came to visit and, and, and for Thanksgiving, and me and Todd were just fucking terrible. Yeah. We were sick. We were like, why did you have them come here? And he's like, they're my parents, and they can come if they want to, whatever. Yeah. And, I, and I had already gotten on the methadone program because I couldn't afford, couldn't afford it. it. Yeah, and, yeah. And, I, and I couldn't handle being sick. And I yeah. couldn't handle, like, not, you know, not being clean and, you know, not getting sick. I didn't have enough money to keep using, but I did anyway. Every yeah. cent I got, I used. And I, but I had stabilized on the methadone program. And I was sitting on the, the – there was a bunch of porches in this house, a yeah. beautiful house. And I was sitting on one of the porches with Jeremy's dad. And I was like – I'd just gotten back from the methadone clinic. Yeah. And uh, I said, hey, you know – and I'd known this guy since I was in kindergarten. Yeah. So I'm like trying to explain how I'm getting better. Yeah. I'm on methadone and yeah. I'm, I'm on my way back. Are you telling his dad that? Yeah, that's how I am. Yeah, I, I yeah. just would always just yeah. say everything. Yeah. And – um. And he would be like, yeah. And I would be like, have you seen Todd? And he said, Todd hasn't left his room since we've been here. And they were there for like three days or something. I'd be like, really? And um, and we were sitting on the porch. And he goes, I think someone just stole Todd's car. And Todd had <laughs> snuck out his window <laughs> so, he <laughs> so he could drive away. Because he wouldn't have to see the parents. You know? <laughs> Is he... Because he just was so fucked up, as he looked yeah. bad, and he knew his parents too, or no? He knew the parents, yeah, <laughs> um, because he had lived with Jeremy for years. He snuck out the window. I love that. He snuck out the window with like a pound of weed to go make his drops. Yeah. That's what he'd say. Got to go make my drops. And Todd had a lot of fucking like weird things about him. Like his father was a dentist, so he was obsessed with dental care. Like when Todd was. Yeah. Flossing and brushing, and like, like his teeth were always good. Yeah, it was great. The other thing about Todd, <laughs> whenever he went to the store, he'd buy a bag of lemons, yeah. and he'd come home and every he'd drink, you know, twenty glasses of lemon water. What? He would be like <laughs> antioxidants, bro. He's like, that's what's going to keep me alive. He yeah. would say, he said, you're going to die. He's like, you better start drinking lemon water. And he would when I would also we'd also smoked so much uh, weed and yeah. cigarettes, and yeah. I would like cough like I had tuberculosis, yeah. and he'd be like, "Man, I think you're. I don't think you're doing good, you yeah. know." And I'd be like, "I'm not," <laughs> and he'd be like, "Maybe you should have some lemon water, bro." <laughs> and whenever we would go out for breakfast all the time, and he would always get uh, two scrambled eggs and a ham steak and whole wheat toast. What is a ham steak? It's just like a slab of ham. Is it like you know, spam kind of? No, it was ham. He, it's like one of those thick, thick yeah, pieces of ham. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and he would always get that, and yeah. he always loved it. Um, All right, so then you're – when does he go back to New York City? Then he had – you know, he had bought that stupid car. You he, guys are old. It's just like shocking because like – like even my using shit, I'm like, yeah, and then I was there for like a year. And then I was like, these time periods are like – Six years here, <laughs> a decade. I know. In the I, Upper East Side for time. <laughs> it's crazy. We haven't gotten there yet. Yeah, we haven't even gotten there yet. So he yeah. he, I think we should interrupt the timeline with the phone call. You know, you think I should keep going? I think keep going. We'll finish it and then have the phone call. Why not? Okay. Because um, this guy, I told this guy I was going to call like twenty minutes ago. Do you want? Let's just wrap it. Can you wrap it up in five minutes? No way. This is this is glo- this okay. Is, well, let's compart- this is bring us up until he's about to move to New York City, and then that's where we'll continue. So then, 
he had decided he was going to get a job mixing concrete. Yeah. As as like a, as a cons- wait like actually with a shovel and a thing or like at a concrete plant or with those little twirly things with those twirly things and it's like not, he, that's a hard fucking job yeah you and you have to be and strong hard. and yeah, heavy and really Todd hard. was tiny and weak <laughs> and the bags just to pick up are fifty pounds yeah. yeah and he was like he was like he was like that's when he bought that car and he goes what I'm gonna make one hundred fifty thousand dollars a year mixing concrete I can afford this car I'd be like dude you're not gonna make it a week. <laughs> And and he was like, "Shut up, bro. Whatever." He didn't make it a day. I think I think it was one day. And he comes back and he's like, he's like, "I don't think I." He's like, I don't, "He's like that job just isn't for me." Or he had done something Dude, wrong. It's so I had to do asphalt work once, dope sick, and it's literally doing that clean and sober is is extremely unpleasant and hard. Doing it like addicted to drugs when you're weak and stuff. And you're tiny. Impossible. Todd was tiny. (laughs) He was like 5'7", you know, skinny. He like was not like the guy that could do that. He also like, Todd just had this thing. I mean, I remember like we worked on a million sets and he just like wouldn't work. He would disappear. He really thought that the mission was... To, to work as little as possible, to disappear as much as possible. You know, it was like his thing. I kind of had that same thinking. Yeah, well, I, 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 was, I wasn't like that. Yeah. But I had a real job. I had worked in real production. And, yeah. You know, and I just, I don't know. I, I think Todd, he had issues with ambition. Yeah. And he had real issues with self-esteem and who he was. Yeah. You know, um... I remember we would work on these sets and he would bring a ton of crystal, of meth with him. Yeah. And and that was the Nerdle story. Yeah. And like we would just sneak off and smoke meth and bog out. You know, yeah. you're such a mess on that yeah, stuff. Yeah, you're crazy. And we would sit in the car and uh and we would listen to the Grateful Dead. And I'm gonna play this song at the end of the episode. Yeah. Um Todd loved the Grateful Dead. And uh, and it was just like so surreal because we'd be like flying after days of being awake listening to this stuff. Yeah, you know, trying to figure out what was going to happen the next day. We'd get fired from every job. Yeah, you know, we just fucking burned every bridge. And um, anyway, I don't remember. In the end, I had like weird volunteer jobs. I basically wasn't working. Jenny was supporting me. Todd didn't have a girlfriend though. Yeah, I don't know. Like I think he was probably selling weed. Yeah. Or then he then he ripped off this drug dealer in San Francisco, this friend of Jenny's. Yeah. He robbed him for like ten thousand dollars. Todd did. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just didn't pay him. Sold the butt and lived on the money. Yeah. You know what I mean? He got like a he couple fronted. pounds fronted to oh, him, okay. and he just never. He, I think he got three pounds fronted, and he never yeah. paid it back. Yeah. You know, and he it's lived awesome. off that. He did shit like that all the time. Yeah. You know, and it wasn't ballsy. It was total terror, drugs. You know, it was never like, fuck him. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. It yeah. was like, it was like, he was oh, just a mess. Yeah, yeah he was yeah. just a total mess. Yeah. And then he decided he was gonna, oh man, he was gonna buy, he went to a police auction to buy a Crown Victoria repurposed, yeah, you know, like police car. car. Yeah. Like Blues Brothers. Yes. <laughs> And he loved that car more than anything. And I don't remember what he was doing for money then. I think he was probably selling drugs. Yeah. And, um, you know, he didn't, he wasn't great at copping drugs. Yeah. You know, so I, I often would cop drugs for him. For him yeah. 
often, but I mean, obviously he would want, he would figure it out, you know, but like, I don't know what happened. I think maybe my car had broke, you know, I crashed so many cars out there. I was just, I was as much of a mess as you can imagine. Yeah. Like you cannot imagine what a mess I was out there Yeah. because like my life was very consistent and I was just full of drugs, you know? And so I think I had crashed another one of Jenny's cars. Me and Todd had gotten in literally the worst car accident in the history of our life where I was driving Jenny's Saab and I made an illegal left-hand turn into oncoming traffic and a woman hit us at full speed, yeah. hit into Todd's side. Yeah. You know, and because the Saab is made of this reinforced steel in the front, yeah. he didn't die. <laughs> you know, he was so angry at me for he that. He was angry? Oh, I was such a bad driver. And and also, like, with the driving, like, we drove across the country, and he would, like, be driving. He'd be like, Dave, can't you drive for a couple hours? Because I'm tired. Every time I drove, I would get pulled over. And every (laughs) time we got pulled over, we would get busted for having weed. You know? So it was just like, Todd was was just so angry at me for so many things. Yeah. But but this was the worst thing. And I don't even understand this story. I'm going to yeah. tell it. I, re- I really wanted Todd to tell it on Dopey because I think Todd probably remembered aspects of it that yeah. I don't remember. But I think I had destroyed Jenny's. I think I had destroyed both of Jenny's cars. Yeah. So we didn't have a car for a little bit. And we needed Todd to pick Jenny. Jenny was working. And, yeah. I, and my routine was I would wake up in the morning. I would drive Jenny to work. I would listen to NPR. I would drive home. Uh, I would do drugs and then I would go back and pick up Jenny from work and I would drive her back. Yeah. You know, that was like every day. Yeah. And then here we were like, we didn't have a car. So me and Todd dropped Jenny off at work and then me and Todd went to go get her. And I don't know what happened, but I, we were driving the fucking repurposed cop car and like we would be chain smoking all the time. And, and I, I always would flick the cigarettes yeah. out the window and I or I flick the cigarette, and then the cop lights go on, yeah. and they pull us over, and um, and it turned out Todd had a unpaid uh, ticket and he had a warrant. Yeah, and the car was full of heroin. Yeah, and the car was full of weed. Yeah, the weed was legal, the heroin wasn't, and he had pills, but it was the warrant, so they locked him up. Did they find the drugs? No. Yeah, I took the drugs and yeah. did them. Yeah. And um, and me and Jenny drove. And you the, took the car. Yeah, home. and yeah. we took the car. Yeah. Todd, for some reason, blamed it on me that because I flicked the cigarette, we. I was like, motherfucker! If you smoke cigarettes, you flick cigarettes. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what do you? What do you do? You put them out in the car? I was, <laughs> what are you talking about? Um, but for years, he blamed me <laughs> for that. You know, in fact, I was talking to one of his friends yesterday. Yeah. Um, and he was like, I didn't know who you were until I heard the story about when you flicked the cigarette. Okay? And then Todd's mother sent me and Jenny a ton of money to bail him out. Yeah. So we bailed How him out. How long was he in jail for? A day. Yeah. You know, like no time. Yeah. And, and we bailed him out. And um, and then we were living like that again. And Todd, and because Todd had needed the money, yeah. the jig was up. Yeah. And he was like, I got to get out of California. So he sold the car. I wonder what car we drove back in. He sold the car, and me and him, 
and he decided he was going to go home. And you went back with him to yeah. New York? And I, I, were you going to return to L.A.? I did return to L.A. Oh, okay. I went back to New York with him because I love driving cross-country with him. Yeah. You know, and that was that the ride where we got busted every yeah. – and we watched Rocky every couple states. Yeah, yeah. You know, and Todd, remember how much Todd hated that yeah, story? Yeah, he didn't like telling that story. <laughs> we should have done this episode with playing the audio clips. Oh, that would have been funny. Um, I'm going to read you – No, I'm going to read you this thing. This is – October 27th, 2005. Todd was living... What are you reading me? An email he wrote me. Okay. Uh, Todd was... So where is this within our timeline? I'm in Los Angeles. And Todd is here in New York. Okay. And... um, So this is after the car ride back? Yeah. Okay. I've gotten your calls and I'm sorry I haven't called back. This is Todd. Yeah. I got hooked up with a job on a local independent film as the first AD. So it's just a lie. Yeah. So I haven't had a moment in like a week to sleep, eat, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It's raining today, so I'm in the office pretending to be working on the film right now. Anyway, dude, we got to talk. Listen, I cannot stand another second of listening to my parents bitch to me about this money. Because we got the money and we didn't give it back to them. Oh, you got the bail money? Yeah, and we lived on it. It is causing a major rift between us as a family, and it's all because of your terrible decision to use that loot for yourself. Every fucking week, Todd, have you talked to Dave? Is he sending the payment? How could we listen to you and believe you when you said Dave and Jenny would never spend money that wasn't theirs? I am really at the end of my rope with it. I am real upset with you right now because it was completely selfish of you to do this, not only to me, but my parents that have on more than one occasion paid your way cross country. And uh, and it's true. And up till now have only had good things to say about you, regardless of your vices. I cannot fight for you on this topic anymore. They said you still have yet to send a dime and they are completely fed up with your bullshit. They have talked to you several times about this, gave you time and space to pay them, and still, you keep bullshitting them. Unfortunately, unlike me, who has given you several hundred hundred dollars at a time when I couldn't afford it, and have yet to be hooked up by you or given a penny back, my folks are not as lenient. So I guess what I am saying is sort your life out and please take care of this. I really have nothing else to say to you right now. Even if I had the time to talk... Or deal with this, but I really don't. You really fucked things up for me and yourself, and this time I am not going to turn the other cheek about it. I feel like I really helped you out in Cali, but you never have returned the favor. In fact, you kind of screwed me over by never paying me back, you know? I couldn't believe you actually took my money when you came here for your visit and you brought me an eighth of bud. I mean, really, bro? I wasn't going to bring it up at the time because I hadn't seen you in like six months. We had a great visit. It was nice. But little things like that really kill me. It would be real nice to get a thank you in the mail in the form of herb or anything once in a while. But you don't do that. You never get people back. I mean, you made me pay you $100 for a 10 piece of dope and 25 more for yourself. By the way, you deny it. But I haven't been from California long enough to think that was a $100 piece of dope. (laughs) That was shameful. Also, remember the time I had to drive down to rehab to bring you and your friend an $80 ball of dope, which I got burned for and didn't even get to partake in, and then you made me swallow the cost? The list goes on and on. 
I could keep going on for pages. Anyway, sorry, but I had to bring this shit up to make a point. I can't keep defending you and then looking like an asshole when you prove me wrong. I'm sorry to bring this shit up, but it's really been bothering me for a while and creating resentment I have toward you. And the thing that is really unfortunate is that it is about fucking money. But you should have seen or known what havoc this was going to cause when you spent their cash, so whatever. I still love you as a brother, but man, I just can't deal with drama bullshit like this when I am working $70, 70 hours a week, and I really just don't understand or know how, how or what you were thinking or how you could be so ignorant of what your actions consequences would be on me, your friend. When I have time, I will call you, but we are shooting for three weeks, but I kind of need some time right now. I am real busy and tired and don't want to talk about this shit anymore. Please just start making some amends. Please, and call my folks and straighten it out, or it's going to be calling your parents' time, or worse, like getting sued, which would be real ugly. Please take care of this. I am begging you. Late. T. P.S. I also can't talk to you before 6 p.m. your time. I have a new phone plan and don't have a lot of daytime minutes, but you keep calling me in the morning. (laughs) This is a long fucking email. Wait, uh... I was in detox. Wait, so first of all, I don't understand. They gave you money to bail him out. And then he fought his case and won his case, so they gave the bail back? Yeah. How much was it? Two grand, I think. Oh, so it wasn't... Okay. It's not an insane amount of money. No, especially, like, considering how much money his parents, like, spent on him and this and that. Yeah. I don't know why. I was a junkie. You know what I mean? Like, I paid them back. When I got my job in the restaurant, I paid them back. Yeah. You know, I think I paid them half of the money or something, but they had they accepted like, whatever, it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that there was one story in there. It was like the dopiest story ever. I had checked into a rehab there, and and like with in LA. Yeah, and yeah. I was with some kid. You know, like how these rich kids and they're like in rehab and they don't want to get clean and you know, and he like was like, "Don't you want to get high?" And I was like, and he had just like totally rationalized like getting high and yeah. not being clean and rehab yeah. and whatever and i was like yeah and i was like i have an idea and i called todd and i was like go get us a bundle yeah. you know for 80 bucks and and we'll get you back this kid's got money and the kid was lying he didn't have money, <laughs> yeah, no money. todd went to visit me at this rehab and he would you know remember what rehab it was no yeah. and we sat outside at a table smoking cigarettes smoking marlboros and he just gave me the dope at the table yeah I, was, I think it was my last night there. Did you there. have a syringe? Or? Yeah, I had him bring me a syringe, too. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and I got so fucked up my last night there. It was just so pathetic. So terrible. Yeah. You know, and then, then we, drove, you know, we drove back across the country, and, uh, and, and I was dope sick when we left California, and, uh, and he had a little dope, and I think he even shared me the, the end of his dope with me on the yeah. ride back. And... Um, and then we got busted six million times on the ride home. I've told that story ten times on Dopey. Yeah. And, uh, and by the time we got to New York, we had one joint, and we smoked it in Buffalo. Like, we had, we had left in, in March, and it was, like, pretty much a spring trip back until we got to Buffalo, and it just started snowing. Yeah. And we smoked this joint, and we drove from Buffalo to Albany, which is, like, many hours. Yeah. And when we got back... There was no money in his house, and yeah. I had told him I wasn't going on this trip unless he gave me money to get from Albany to Manhattan because I didn't have any money. And there was no money, and we get to his house, and I start screaming at him yeah. like crazy. Yeah. Like, 
just crazy. Yeah. Like, you're a fucking liar. I only went on this trip. And we traveled for a week. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I only went on this trip so you could give me money to take the train from Saratoga to Man. <laughs> and I'm screaming at him at the yeah. top of my lungs. And yeah. he had to call his sister. Yeah. And his sister came over and I'm still screaming. Yeah. And his sister had to call his parents. Like, could you have any money? I need money to give Dave... You know, and this is and you do you owe them the two thousand yet? No, 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 okay, yeah, no. Yeah. And then so then they gave me the money and I went to my I went home. My aunt had just died. I stayed in my aunt's apartment, who also lived in these buildings. Yeah, and um and then and then I never saw Todd for years. We didn't see Todd for another, you know, four years. Exactly. And then and then he became this high end weed delivery guy in Manhattan, and he was making like five grand a week. Yeah, wow. All right, all right. We'll pause it there. Are you calling this guy? Yeah. All right. This guy's an avid Dopey fan, by the way. Really? What's yeah. his name? Vince. Put the cup next to the phone and then turn this mic on. Are you just going to hold it? you going to hold the phone? Oh, I feel like we're going to need his real number. You feel like what? Hello? Yo, Vince. Hey, Jace. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. You're on, you're on the show. Hello? Can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me? I can. You're on Dopey right now. Hey, Vince, what's up? It's Chris. Chris, how are you? I'm good. Nice to talk to you. Nice to meet I was you, t- I, I, you. You've listened to, like, every episode, right, Vince? I've listened to many episodes. I don't know if I've gotten through all of them, but I, I kind of started when I heard about it, and then I went back and I listened to a bunch of earlier ones, and... Uh, I, I love your I love your show. Cool. Because, uh, I like I want to go on record and say I'm a fan of the the chemistry you guys have, the little back and forth. Right on, man. Well, this episode so, has been devoid well, of chemistry. Well, it's we've been, <laughs> <laughs> what we've been doing, uh, Vince is is it Vince? Vince. Vince. What we've been doing, Vince, yes. is um, just sort of the evolution of Dave's relationship with Todd, and we started like when they met in college and we spent the last hour talking about it and it's gotten up to what Todd's like 30 now probably no I think he's older but Vince tell tell Chris when you met Todd I met Todd in elementary school at the bus stop probably like 7 years old 8 years old something like that so, no way yes and I met Vince for the first time yesterday and it was very sweet did you know Vince? Did you know Todd in high school and stuff? Yeah, yeah. So he grew up. I mean, like right on the same road as me in a, in a neighborhood. So just you know, twenty houses up the huh. up the street. Um, he was a year ahead of me. So um, I I hung out with him a little bit. You know, neighborhood. You know, riding bikes sort of stuff. But then we became friends more in in high school, going into college. What was he like in high school? Um, I mean, he was, he was, <laughs> Todd was like fully formed, I think, at, <laughs> at seven. You know, he had that laugh and the sense of humor and that kind of Teflon way about him where he kind of got away with saying and doing stuff that maybe other people wouldn't get away with. Yeah, I like that. Do you have an example of that at an early age? Um, I mean, not like early, early. Um, 
I mean, he just always he just could kind of just diffuse. Like I was saying, you know, he just could kind of. It's something that would get someone, you know, in trouble. Otherwise, he just kind of had this disarming. His little laugh was just it was, it was just kind of let everybody know that there was no harm intended, and that everybody was was there to have a good time. Yeah, I think I think that way about Todd. Is just, I mean, I, I knew him the last year or so, and probably only better the last few months before he died and like that was still a big part of who he was as a person yeah yeah absolutely yeah and um and vince I and mean, we me and and vince and a bunch of other friends uh of todd's and, and of vince's literally hung out uh, at his grave yeah. yesterday and um and they had told me a couple of st- which was insane you know it was very surreal and yeah. very sad um you know, and it was funny. Um, they buried with Todd his uh, a set of his drumsticks. Yeah. They bar- what did what did what did Sean put in there? I I missed that. I think it was it was uh, some. Um, I don't know if it was a, a note or, or what. It looked like some parchment or something, but I I, I missed what. Was it two thousand DVDs? No, he said it was like he said it was like uh, it was like wood. It was like some mineral or something. He was saying, I, I, I didn't know what he was talking about. But then and then then Rob Rob busts out this n- nugget and he says Todd Todd says this was the best nugget he ever smoked. A weed? Yeah. And I said, yeah, shut the fuck up. And uh, and apparently they had gotten stoned together, you know, recently. Yeah. And Todd was like, "This is the best butt I ever smoked." And you he know? buried him with it. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, that's hilarious. They didn't bury him with it. They put it in the earth. Oh, they put it in the earth. That's yeah. great. Oh, they mean put it in the casket. They, yeah, they put the, they put a pack chill him with him <laughs> just in case. Oh man. Huh. Um. So, but Vince was recounting. I wanted to hear the story about um. Were at Fish and the cops pulled him off a bus or something. What was that story? Yeah, that was that's one of my favorites. That was actually a dead show, and that was I think 1995, 94 or ninety five. So it was you know way back. We were probably twenty, I guess. Um, and I mean, I, I swear I probably haven't heard the story in in twenty years, but. It's like almost got like a cinematic quality. Just the way he used to tell a story was just so vivid. You know, it wasn't he wasn't just at a dead show. He was on the floor. He was filthy, and you know, someone passed him a bowl, and it was totally not his fault. Um, but the <laughs> cop just happened to see the exchange, and they grabbed Todd and they hauled him out of the show. And you know, he's all bombed and. The, the, they bring him on some police bus, um, and they basically said to him, "You know, we're gonna arrest you, or we're doing some kind of study or something. And if you give him a urine sample, you're free to go." <laughs> so Todd's on board, but I, I think you guys have talked before about his his shy bladder. So being on a bus full of cops uh, <laughs> with his shy bladder was problematic um, so he's he's in the back of the bus trying to just provide any kind of sample um, he at some point he got like a sip of a cop's 
the flat Diet Coke <laughs> to try to get the the plumbing working, and he finally squeezes out a sample, and he's good to go, and he's walking off the bus, and he sees that his bowl is still, is like right on the dashboard, basically, on his way off the bus, and he's like, you know, I just gave you what you want, can I at least grab my bowl, which again is just an example of, like, my God, it's, it's 19 and 39, like, if I'm getting away with something like that, I'm just running, and Todd is going to start negotiating with the cops. So they're like, you can take it, but I, we can't let you walk away with, you know, butt still in the bowl, so you need to smoke it. So he sat there, and he finished the bowl, so he could take his left. Oh my, that's insane. That's <laughs> fucking crazy. That's classic. <laughs> that's a good example of Todd getting away with something that normal people, that just doesn't happen. No. Yeah. Totally. Exactly. Exactly. We were kind of talking about that yesterday. You know, he didn't, he didn't ever seem to have, like, the down the middle luck. <laughs> you know, things either went horribly wrong or broke right for him. Um, you know, it just didn't. It didn't ever seem that he had like a an average day. It was, you know, there were there was always a story. You know, in good or bad, he always made it. Yeah, it was always the best day or the worst day. Yeah. <laughs> the worst. Yeah, it's so funny. It's so funny because also like Vince. Vince listened to Dopey, and he was mentioning like how on one of the episodes where Todd called in, he was like working and he was like he's like I'm just gonna go smoke a cigarette real quick he like said it to his boss or something then he called into Dopey for like 45 <laughs> minutes you know and it was just like you know and Vince is like listening to it. he's like I guess he's on a long cigarette break at work <laughs> but like that's just how he was you know and what was he like at home and were you, did you hang out with him a bunch in the last couple of months or no I saw him yeah I saw him a few times um and he, he, you know, we we had good times. I mean, he, he seemed like he was okay with being up here and, and you know, trying to turn things around. And, um, you know, because I had heard him on the show, you know, it wasn't something that we ever really talked about. It was, I obviously knew, and I'm sure he knew that I knew, but it just wasn't a thing. You know, generally when he was here, it was not something that was open. So, um, you know, it wasn't something that I really talked to him much about, but because I had heard him on your show and heard things that I, you know, didn't know for sure before, it did, you know, kind of give me the the balls to, you know, just try to talk to him a little bit about it and never really got, you know, into it. And even with, with you guys, you know, I, I, I know... You couldn't always take what he was saying at, at face value, but yeah, um, you know, it really did seem like he he was. Um, so, did you, you know, mention that to him? You mentioned you mentioned that you you heard him tell these fucked up stories on Dopey. Yeah, yeah. Last summer, I was down in the uh, city um, for a couple of fish shows, and I it, it, there must have been one. I, I can't remember which specific one. It might have been that one with the the 45 minute cigarette break but uh we were just talking and I was like man I heard you on on Dopey are you okay and he's like oh you know kind of dismissed it um <laughs> but he, 
but yeah, I mean, it was just it it, it you know it kind of gave me a, a foot in the door, I guess, to at least try to check in with him and, and see if he was doing okay. But he wasn't particularly open about his addiction or his pain or anything. Vince, can you hear me? Mm-hmm. He wasn't particularly open about his addiction. No, no, definitely not. Not with me. He was, um, you know, everything's fine. Uh, I'm, I'm doing better now, and you know, it, it, he so we so quickly kind of slipped back into our roles and our friendship, and you know, having a laugh that. Uh, it didn't ever. We didn't ever really get talking about that too deeply. Well, I. I mean, I met Todd in the context of talking about heroin use, and even mm-hmm. our relationship. He kept it pretty surface. He would maybe talk a little bit about how it was bad, and he shouldn't do heroin. But like, if he was having a tough day, he'd be just like, "I wish I could smoke bud." You know, there wasn't anything that was like. It wasn't like this next level was like, what am I going to, like some sort of existential crisis or what am I going to do? Where's my life headed? We never heard that sort of speak from him, you know? Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. Is there anything else that you want to, you want to add about, uh, you have any other like funny story? Because I, I wanted you to tell that, that, uh, that bus story. I love that story. And I just wanted to hear another voice kind of, I mean like this episode is long and it's going to be just you know, me talking about Todd forever. (laughs) So if you have anything else you want to add, please do it. If not... Um, Yeah. I mean, in terms of Todd, it just... I don't know that I have another, like, fully... See, there's so many stories I'm trying to think, but I mean, just in general, I just... um, you know, I, I I just wish that that I could have, and, and I, I know Chris, you know, just said that you know it wasn't something he was really open about, but it just, I, I wish there was a way to have talked to him, you know, to try to break through or, or have him feel comfortable or you know be able to to talk because he didn't get the sense ever. He was so good and so. You know, so much fun to hang around that you didn't. He did a great job masking the yeah. part that was hurting, I guess. And yep. and I wish that I was more perceptive or could have done something. Different, I would, I guess. And there's nothing any of us could do because I I was like a dog with Todd, and I was just like, "You're lying. You're miserable. Admit it. Say you know you know." And he would be like, "He'd be like, you're bugging, man." He would be like, "Shut up." He would be like, "What?" Yeah, he'd be like, bro, come on, man, that's you. You know, I mean, I was clean for two years, and he would still tell me that I was a worse junkie than him. You know? That was just how he was. But thank you, Vince. I appreciate the call, and we love that you listen, and and, and Vince's wife listens, too. Cool. That's super cool. Thanks, Vince. Yeah, thank you, guys. Thanks for for, for having Todd on and for helping people. I really... Um, I enjoy the podcast. I think you guys are doing a great thing. Did you ever think that we were exploiting him, Todd? No, no, not at all. Linda, I, I, Linda, I, I, Linda said that we were exploiting him. 
You know, but Linda hates, doesn't love the podcast. And don't t- don't tell Allison. Don't tell Allison not to mention this part to Linda. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, no, I mean, I, I just, you know, I think I said something to you. At some point, I'll go back and, and listen to some of those. Um, it was just always so great to. He, I just think he was such a good storyteller. Yeah. Um, I just think that those those episodes were were great, and uh, I know that he enjoyed doing them and enjoyed the feed, maybe the positive feedback that he got from the community and everything. So um, I, I think it was a positive for sure. Right on, Vince. Thanks, man. Thanks. Yeah, you guys take care. You All too, right. bud. Bye. All right. It's a nice guy. You just met him the other day. Yeah. And yeah. what his wife knows Linda. Yeah, well, they all went to school together. Oh, okay. They all went to uh, Oswego together. He's very sweet. And, like, you know, it's like the story, the amount of stories that I have, like, with Todd, it's, like, literally endless. It's, like, because when he came home... Well, uh, Ty, the greatest thing about Todd, it was the stories were endless, but it was also, like, I just remember when he came on, he told the story of doing the dope and like not being able to get the disability which is why he came here specifically or something I don't even think that was a there wasn't the, he, you would just say just tell me what happened in your life the last three days do you know what I mean <laughs> and he would start talking and you'd be like this is fucking amazing do you know what I mean oh dude that story is like that but, was, but you know what I'm saying but even that was that was like a, a pretty like crazy wild thing that happened I think he knew that but even just asking him to describe what he's been like hey what are you up to and walk us through your day the last few days it would usually be pretty funny it was hysterical because the way he talked was funny and and like when we started doing Dopey like all I would ever say to Chris was I wish Todd could come on I used to tell you I was like if I relapse and die Todd's my replacement I know but Todd didn't get clean yeah and and I I would we would always say if he got clean he could just be the third host of Dopey yeah you know but he didn't in fact how about when Todd came on Dopey you know, told a story. Then my friend Jim came on, and Todd was like, "I'm going to go downstairs and get a slice of pizza." High. And he went downstairs <laughs> and he did heroin. You. I didn't believe you too. I in the middle, of the, in the middle of the episode, I went, "Wait a second. I said, "I think Todd's high." And he went, "What?" And I went, "Dude, you're fucking high on heroin." And he went, "What?" And I was like, "Dude, I've, I've been high with him too many times to yeah. not know what it looks like." Yeah, you know. And then I thought he was just—I remember that. I thought he was just tired, and I was like, "You're crazy." He just seems tired. He's and bored. then, and then, and he was high. You were right, of course. Yeah. Then also, like when we had come back, you know, Todd had sent me after my mother died. Like me and Todd spent a ton of time together, and we would smoke weed and play video games and hang out. Yeah. And then Todd introduced me to Linda, and we all did a bunch of coke and. This and that. And then, um, I don't remember. I think what happened was he stumbled onto some dope and he came to our apartment with the baby to bring dope. And I hadn't, we hadn't done dope in a long time. So this is when he's, are we going back to the timeline right now? Well, we skipped a lot of stuff in the timeline. Well, let's go back to the timeline and we'll wrap it up in 10 minutes, let's say. So he's back in New York after he drove back to New York, left L.A., tail between his legs, and he moves into his parents' place in the Upper East Side. No, no. He moved back home and he moved into his his friend's basement, Rob's basement. When did he come to Manhattan? After he got bored of being in Clifton Park. And then when he came back to Manhattan, what was his longest stretch of living in that apartment in the Upper East Side? 
He lived there from probably 2006 until... Until like a year ago. Less than that. Six months ago. Wow. That's 12 years. And he didn't pay rent. Yeah. Have you been to the apartment? Yeah. What a is million it like? times. It's tiny. It's this tiny room and he's got like all these blow tubes because he has this big bong. So like if you take a bong hit, you have to go through the fabric softener tube because he didn't have a window. There's no windows in the apartment? No. There was a window. I mean, maybe there was a window to... Uh, but not to like the sky. It was to like the the you know those things in between the buildings. It was into that. And like also Todd was like nuts. Well, I, so this was originally a parent apartment his parents bought when his sister was at NYU. Yeah. And it was supposed to be for her. And then it just turned into Todd's home. No, it was supposed to be for her while she was doing her undergrad. I think it was her grad. Yeah. Uh, and then, and she was living in Manhattan. She was an opera singer. Yeah. And she wanted to be on Broadway or something. And she was working at a restaurant and living there. And she was like, this isn't working out. I'm going to leave. And her parents were keeping the apartment because, like, they love to go to Manhattan and see shows and stay there. And it it's like they're, free. It can stay for free. It's like their pied-a-terre, as yeah. they call it. And um, and Todd was like, fuck it, man. Can't I use that and get a job in the city? And he did it. He got it. You know, and he got a job in the city. He started... Uh, First, he started delivering weed, and he would make so much money. Yeah. Like, literally five or $6,000 a week. He never got busted? He did get busted. What happened? Uh, he got busted. He got, I think, uh, what's the word? He got put on probation. Okay. And then, like, he was like, I can never sell weed again. But, of course, he did. Yeah. But then he got a job as an assistant editor uh, for uh, a media company. And he wound up doing that for years. And then he wound up working for uh, Dog the Bounty Hunter. Oh, yeah. Wasn't there some drama that happened or Tons something? Tons of drama. He, he wound no up, dog? He wound up being... There, his name was Chapman, his last name. And the wife's name... Who, was, Dog's last yeah. name? He was Chapman and the wife was Chapman. And Todd like the was... The wife with the big boobs, that yeah. one? Yeah. Todd was like their personal assistant. So he knew them well. He like lived in their house. <laughs> no way. He like he, he like lived. Why did I ever talk to him about this? I don't know. He lived in their house. He like rolled them joints. Didn't something happen with dog like two years ago in Mexico or some shit? I don't know. Yeah. But I know that Todd. This that's when Todd's stories like got really crazy. Yeah. Like and he, their son is like kind of crazy, isn't he? Yeah. He's on the show. I, I never I watched the show. Yeah. I just know that like that Todd said he was working on location in Colorado. And, like, he decided he was going to start smoking crack. Yeah. And, like, he just started smoking crack in Boulder. And, like, he just, like, went berserk. His dog? Was he an alcoholic dog? Yeah. I think I don't... Listen, I don't know. Yeah, okay. I don't know. Right. Like, I really don't know. Yeah. I'm not protecting dog right now. Yeah. I have no clue. I just assume he is <laughs> looking at him. You know, and I met him a bunch of times at my restaurant. You met dog? Yeah. Does he go by dog? Yeah. You say, like, what's up, dog? What's up, dog? <laughs> um, and then... And, and and me and Todd, you know, we had our baby, me and Linda, and Todd and I, we would start copying benzos by Union Square from this dealer named Phoenix. And then, and, and like, Todd wasn't like me with copying dope then. I was like, I just had to pull the cord. It would be like, I'd be like, fuck it, we got to just get the dope. Yeah. You know, so I would just find a methadone clinic and get dope. Yeah. You know, and then um, that's what happened. I remember I was, uh, no, I started getting, I didn't just get dope. I started getting Xanax and then like it built up to getting dope. 
And uh, and me and Todd, and then Linda found it, and Linda left, and then me and Todd started just getting high by ourselves. Yeah, that's when the seizure story happened. Oh, okay, and then um, and then Todd still though came and went as he pleased. Like he would use three days in a week, and he would say he didn't have a habit. Meanwhile, I'd be shooting three hundred dollars a day, dying and being like, "I got to get out of town." Yeah, and Todd would be like, "I don't know why you can't handle your shit." Yeah, you know, he would be like that all the time. Yeah. You know, he would never... Was it just like he was broke? Like, what if he had a big bank account? Would he ever get a big habit? Yeah. It was like he was just scraping by, and that's why... He was terrified to not have control over it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's why, like, the idea... He... Like, I didn't ever want to keep anything in check. I wanted to do as much as I could. Well, there is no control. It's like, it's a fallacy. You just give it up. You're like, fuck it. I can't. He used in a way that I never saw anybody else use. No, I know. I'm not trying to say, I'm saying I don't get, you know what I mean? Like, I believe you and I don't get that because my experience was your experience. Yeah, it's just bizarre. (laughs) Yeah. It was literally bizarre. Yeah. He'd be be, be like top, he'd cop like two bags or something. And then like. Can you even do that? (laughs) I don't think I've ever like. Let me get a bag of dope. Like, what? Oh, my God. I didn't tell you this story. This, this insane story. Yeah. I'm working today, yeah. okay, in the restaurant waiting tables. And I look up, and who's there? Dog? No, my old heroin dealer. <laughs> no. Puma. Who? Uh, Tony Bologna? It was Puma, yeah. who was also Todd's dealer. Did he see you? He came to find me because he heard that Todd had died. No way. He came to the restaurant? Is he still a heroin dealer? Yes. <laughs> he was like, call me after work. I was like, I'm not calling you after work. I gave him this big hug. Yeah. And, you know, he, him and Todd used to hang out and watch, So he's like, been a heroin dealer for, like, decades? Yeah. He lives in a fucking homeless shelter, and he sells heroin in it. Is he a middle, or does he actually, like, have weight and sell heroin? Middle. Oh, okay. You know? Yeah. And, um, and, and Todd used to hang out in his apartment and watch Spanish soap operas. And sniffed dope with him. Yeah. You know, isn't that... And so he was upset. Todd was really a lovable guy. Yeah. And if you knew Puma him... actually came to visit you to talk about Todd. Wow. Yeah, but I, I was too busy. No, I'm just saying. I mean, it's... Isn't that insane? It's insane, yeah. A drug dealer found his friend because he was so upset. <laughs> yeah. All right, finish up the New York story and we'll wrap the episode up. I think that's done. What? All I have to say is that um, we're talking – Todd wound up descending to some terrible, terrible, terrible places. Is the level okay? Yeah, I'm just saying turn no, it I already did. Oh, okay. Terrible places. Yeah. I don't even want to say some of the, the end of, with him because he was not well. Yeah. And he was not happy. He was miserable. And even though – he was at the end of his rope and was a heroin addict and had no... I mean, I didn't tell the story about how after all that stuff had happened, he decided to go on fish tour and sell ecstasy on fish tour and got busted selling ecstasy to an FBI agent where he got his felony and then he decided in his head that he could never get a real job again. Yeah. And then after that, he moved to Colorado and he was in charge of his friend's grow, yeah. but he fucked up the grow and then of course he blamed his friend. And like that's what Todd would do. He would fuck something up and blame everybody. Yeah. And he then a cigarette on the 
plans. Well, whatever he did, <laughs> he would and then and then he he. The, then he wound up talking shit about his friend, and his friend pulled a gun on him in Colorado. And Todd wound up tripping acid like every day in Colorado and living in a car on a mountain. Yeah. And he came back from there fucked up, yeah. just a mess. Then he gets back on dope, and he's he, all he's doing all day is cycling around the city. And he was riding what do you his mean cycling, riding his bicycle for no reason. No, because he, he was bored. Okay. No, he was just bored. Okay, he was into it. Yeah, he liked he liked it. Yeah. So he was riding his bike on the sidewalk, and, and he gets a ticket. The cop searches him, and he's got heroin. So they send him to Rikers Island for a week. Oh, he and, did a week at Rikers? And in Rikers Island, he saw someone get killed. Yeah. And uh, he actually, I told my ex about it, yeah. and my ex found out and bailed him out immediately because she was so scared for really? him. She bailed him out immediately. His parents were letting him stay? or he didn't They didn't know. Him. Okay. And then, and then he was just out of his fucking mind, you know, like, and, and doing waiter job to waiter job, yeah. getting fired from every waiter job, getting fired from nine out of the 10 waiter jobs because he would smoke cigarettes while he worked and he wasn't allowed to. Yeah. Or he wouldn't show up or he was insane. He couldn't like, he was out of his mind. He couldn't have a conversation. Yeah. You know, I think like between all of that stuff, it damaged his brain to a point. Yeah. You know, when when you were with him in Great Barrington, did he seem totally cogent and together? He just seemed like he had a like deep, deep, deep denial and right. protection of something. You know, it was just one thing after the next, but and he I, didn't seem fried. No, he was funny to hang out with, and he was almost like. Too too funny and too he, he he recruited people so quickly to be his friend. Do you know what I mean? It was just so casual for him, and nothing meant anything. Yeah, you know, you said to me, you were like, I was like, how's Todd? I doing? remember actually because he moved in there, and Dylan, you know, the, my sponsor, the guy who owns the houses, was on the couch, and you know, Todd was on the couch, and it was the first night. Todd had been there for two hours, and Dylan texted me, and I was like. Todd's amazing. Like, he's great. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, he'd been there like two, and that's just, most people, they come, they go they to their, came their room. room. Yeah, they go to their room, you know, and it's like a week before they start talking to people, like, at all, you know? And he literally, the first day, is like in the main living area, talking to people, you know, making friends and stuff like that. That's because he had been so alone for so long. He was desperate for contact. Yeah. His friends told me that when he, 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 you, I would always ask you how he was doing and you would always say, he seems good, but he's bored and he wants to leave. And I don't think he understands he has a life threatening illness. And that's what I want to say. It's like, I was in his life threatening illness and I was around him for many, many, many turns of it. Yeah. And I never thought he was going to die. And you even, it's so weird. You know, go ahead. You what? Well, it's like when that Courtney... Uh, person said she I, said Todd's gonna die when he came on the show. Huh. Did you think about that? Yeah, of course I thought about that. No, since then, yes. Yeah, and she texted me. You know, and I, I told her because I I would tell her that I always tell Todd that this woman says you're gonna die, and I told Todd that I told the woman that he's because she lives in that area that you might bump into her at a meeting. She I was gonna if she she was looking out for him. She's gonna say hi to him. Well, it's always so weird, though, because it's like I never think anybody's ever going to die. This is like the paradox. I never, ever think anybody's going to die, but I'm not surprised when they die. Well, I, I told it's, it's my so friends weird. I told my friends he died, and they said, well, 
he's basically the most likely candidate to die. And I, and I agreed with them, but, like, I just... It's like Dave Marshall died, and I was like, I almost, I felt sick. You know what I mean? I felt yeah. like someone punched me in the stomach, and I was like, oh, this is terrible. Dave Marshall died. That Andrew died, and I was like, oh, my God, this is so terrible. But when Todd died, like, I died. Yeah. You know, I, I just... I could not... It's just, I was such a good friend of mine. Yeah. And we were so close. And, like, it's so sad to me that uh, we're never going to see him again. Yeah. And, like, he's always around me, you know, but I'll never see him again. And he never gets to have children, and he never gets to be sober, and he never gets to be free. He's never free. Yeah. And I think that we do this podcast about drugs, addiction, and dumb shit which sometimes borders on recovery. And uh, in this episode, you know, for I mean, it's a lot of drug stories. Yeah. But for whatever it's worth, it's like if you're out there and you think you're going to get away with it, you might not. I mean, yeah. you might know that, but yeah. this story is somehow realer yeah. to me. Yeah. You know, it's the same story as Andrew and Dave, but it's Todd. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, like, you guys should really fucking know... That it could all end. And then, like, I was hanging out with another one of Todd's friends who was like, you know, I didn't give a shit if I lived or died. You know, and then Todd died, and I realized life is pretty cool. Really? Yeah. You know, and what I mean, Todd would have felt the same way. Yeah. You know, Todd was, like, not happy. You know, and Todd was suffering. But if Todd got the shit scared out of him, he never got the shit scared out of him. Yeah. He never did. Yeah. You know, and when he did... He, he was like, I'll do anything. And that would wear off in five days. Oh, yeah. It's gone in a little bit. Anyway, that was the epic journey of my love friend, Todd. I think we did a good job going through your relationship, covering it. Well, I, I left out, obviously, tons. It's good, though. Let's wrap it up. This will be the, what, Todd commemorative episode? Yes, the Todd tribute episode. Stay strong, Dopey Nation. Try to do the next right thing. Do all the good stuff for us. You know, peace and, out. And uh, toodles. I want to take a walk around the world. I wonder would it do me any good. Until I get some money in my pocket, then I guess I'll just have to walk around my neighborhood. But I want to be good so bad want to be so good, so bad, so bad I want to be good so bad Bad desire's all I ever had And I want to take a ride up in the sky Watch this aeroplane just pass me by And I want to see a Lear jetliner take a dive Show all of these people what it means to be alive But I want to be good so bad Want to be so good, so bad, so bad I want to be good so bad Bad desire's all I ever had And my shadow's getting smaller and smaller And it's time to Getting smaller and smaller And it's time to where I stand And I wonder would they pay it any mind When I leave this busted city far behind 
I'll take the high road, however far it winds, because peace and love are very, very, very hard to find, and I want to be good so bad. want to be good so bad, so bad. I want to be good so bad. Bad desire's all I ever had. Damn it, all these suckers make me mad. And it's all I ever had. And it's all I ever had. And these suckers make me mad. And I want to call my dad. And it's all I ever had. 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 And these suckers make me mad. And it's all I ever had.